0: Hey everyone, this past weekend, me and Matt got to head out to RTX 2019 and chat with a few people. Here is our interview with CEO of Octopi and executive producer of Netflix's Magic the Gathering, Isaac Krauss. Enjoy and excuse the noise. Um, yeah. So, say your full name, uh, sure. your how position, you how you, you want to be referenced.
1: Cool. I am Isaac Krauss. I am the CEO of Octopi and the executive producer of Magic Gathering.
0: Right. That must be amazing to say.
1: It's interesting. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's kind of something that I have to kind of like uh, work myself into. Uh, I been an executive producer on series before. I've kind of been um, the default showrunner in some cases on some shows. Because uh, of Octopi being a really new company, um, you know, we have to all wear a lot of hats. Um, this show, with the gravity of the show and the scale of the team, everything like that, it's a lot, um, but it really kind of feels natural. And um, it's really exciting um, because it feels good. And um, I'm surrounded by so many talented expert people that Uh, I learning something new every day and um, uh, I can feel like the growth uh, of um, uh, my career and and, and what I get to do now with animation.
0: So why don't you tell us a little bit about Octopi so anybody who's listening who hasn't heard of you guys.
1: So Octopi is an animation company and I say that as the most general term possible (laughs) uh, because uh, there's a lot of detail there um, that a lot of people normally their eyes glaze over and they don't know what the hell I'm talking about Um, but um, Octopi is two things It's basically two divisions. Um, One side of our company is a network. And what I mean by network is that we create original IP, um, intellectual property, uh, and um, we distribute it ourselves. And we distribute it on our own platforms, meaning uh, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, basically free platforms with very low or no barrier to entry for us to find a fan for our IP. Um, And then the other side of Octopi is, is kind of like a traditional animation studio. Um, we are hired by other networks and other uh, owners of IP um, to create animation for them. So Magic the Gathering would be an example of uh, what we do from our Octopi Productions um, perspective, which is we don't own Magic the Gathering and we're not Netflix and we're not distributing it. So um, it means that we just are coming in um, as um, experts of uh, producing animation uh, and we are um, uh, you know making sure that the show is um, everything that it needs to be to um, um, excite and, and fulfill uh, the f- current fans of uh, Magic: The Gathering, and uh, hopefully create a bunch of new ones too.
0: One of the things I was really curious about, because what you'd said up there um, at, during the panel um, I should probably say we're, during the panel at RTX was um, how the main thing you look for is to find a new fan, Yeah. Um, which is very different. Whenever how I've heard like other people say, oh, we we just need an audience, we need to find a base. And when you when you talked, you, you were very passionate about finding another fan. Yeah. Um, so to kind of just like conceptualize that like is community a big thing for, for Octify and, and works
1: yeah it absolutely is I mean that's um, it's the metric that matters the most um, there's all these different ways you can try to measure fandom subscribers uh, followers uh, likes dislikes the, all the ratios the views uh, from all the different platforms um, but for us uh, we don't really care where, where you find us uh, but as long as you Do and that when you find it, um, it's something that really resonates with you. Um, And the way we're experimenting with um, creating our regional IP is um, all built off this idea that um, communities are being grown every day and they're being grown around people that are telling stories that resonate with them. And uh, we want to try to create as many opportunities as possible for people to tell those stories um, to potentially reach fans and to resonate with them. and then once you get a fan uh, you can grow that and, you know you can grow it with more content you can grow that with um, different types of content uh, you know for us uh, we want RIP to transcend just animation and we want it to, to grow into uh, books games uh, um, you know feature film live action uh, it's you know it's a, a springboard for um, basically creating something new that people can really like and animation is really good at that in my opinion
0: so I have to know how did you become a fan of animation like what got you into this Uh, world
1: so I think uh, yeah animation like being a child of the 80s and 90s um, it was just all around you know when I was a little kid uh, maybe five or six or something like that my um, eldest brother who was uh, you know uh, seven years older than me uh, would literally wake me up at like six o'clock in the morning and before he had to go to school I wasn't even going to school yet or whatever the time it was. It might might have been like even earlier than that, four or five years old and um, take me downstairs so we could watch GI Joe and it was just the most amazing thing ever it was still dark outside uh, you know we were um, doing something that kind of felt really kind of special and um, um, that was kind of my, made my earliest memory of, of animation but there's just a whole lifetime of animation for me uh, there was like the first time I discovered anime you know <laughs> uh, which is like just like flipping through the channels uh when i was like 10 uh and and coming across um uh tsunami or or actually that was like the first time i saw like anime but then like adult anime was like <laughs> sci-fi channel i think there was like a showing of ghost in the shell yeah uh and i was just like oh my god this is the coolest thing ever the art was so powerful like yeah. it was unlike anything i'd ever seen before and i it it, it literally um my entire life had been um understanding animation and and, uh, and being a fan of animation and it, it literally provoked me into uh, uh studying animation in school like uh, I, I went to the University of Michigan and I studied um, uh I had like uh, two different focuses. One focus was like making things with my hands and the other focus was working on computers doing digital animation, 3D modeling. Uh, you know, I worked in After Effects with puppetry animation. And eventually uh, a senior year in, um, in college, I went to uh, Seoul, Korea, uh, South Korea to uh, uh, be a part of a, an animation program that I taught animation to college students. Oh, wow. So animation was just, it's, it's, a, it's a really powerful, cool art form that I've always been passionate about
0: that's amazing you've kind of seen it from every single angle too Um, so one of the other things or one of the things that that kind of leads into is um, during the Octopi panel like one of the things you talked about um, and you know the panel talked about was kind of as an individual creator like getting into animation and like kind of keeping with it Um, from your perspective what are some like tips you would give to like a you know a younger animator now that maybe just starting out or doesn't know if they should go into animation Um, because it's kind of hearing y'all talk about like the way things have changed is really interesting because like everybody can get stuff on platforms but now it's harder to get you know get people to see the stuff and then I know that like some people may be a little defeated before they start like how, how like what would you say to help them out? yeah it's it's
1: that's the thing that I, I've noticed over the last ten years maybe even less five years uh, that it's become even more difficult to survive off of um, uh, the ad based revenue off of YouTube yeah. uh, which is still like the primary place to share videos um, so I would just suggest uh, keeping that passion alive you know like do your day job um, make enough money so that you can support yourself but at night um, instead of uh, sitting around watching like you know uh, 10 episodes of uh, stranger things Things.
0: <laughs> Binge watching.
1: it. Um, no offense, Netflix. I'm sorry. Uh, but mean like, you know, take a break from the watching and and, and and create something and do it small. It's OK to do it small. Do it for yourself. Tell your own story. Um, so tell something that you that, that gets you out of bed uh, in the morning um, early before you have to go to work to to work on it because you're excited for it. And um, and don't be nitpicky about how it looks, um, because that's not not really the most important thing with animation is the story you're telling you if you can be really true to yourself and practice the storytelling aspect of that first um the the skill sets and everything else will come later and and it's more rare and and the more valuable thing that we look for in octopi is a good storyteller and anybody can do that
0: that's amazing can I hear you because like, I'm trying to like as you're talking I'm going through all the animation that I watch I watch a lot of animation mm-hmm. in my head and I would say like sometimes I may I may be like oh I don't, I'm not really a bad, big fan of this animation style but I'll, I'll play it. like Bojack Horseman is a good nah, example sure. I was like oh, that looks weird I don't know if I want to watch it but then I just fell in love with the characters and just buried myself in it
1: absolutely I mean that's what it takes it, again like it's not like you might you might get your attention for a second like oh that looks cool and, and then you might watch them Like, that's not cool. Like, (laughs) and there could be so much money and so much effort and. And like hundreds if not thousands of people's like uh, top of their skill sets being utilized to create that piece of animation but if it's not a story worth telling then nobody cares
0: so like kind of like bringing that into like magic and stuff like Mm -hmm. this is a world that has been around for so long and is so vast so expansive Um, what is the I mean I know you can't share any story details but what is the process of kind of like distilling so much information down into one narrative and in a narrative that like ultimately like you said can bring in new fans but also pays attention to people who have kind of like devoted their lives to the to the game.
1: Oh absolutely it, it's, it's tough and I think one thing we can look at is that there's like there's it's a, both a good and a bad is that there's no right way to tell this story. It's a massive world and for us we're just looking to take um, what we think is going to be an interesting path through it with just a handful of characters and allow you to really live in these characters to make the world real um, and for you to start caring about the characters and the story and the journey that they're on and uh, we're looking for a really grounded story something that can allow people to still relate to these people even though that they're you know very very magical and from a completely different plane or existence <laughs> and and it's um, I mean the the idea of planes themselves is like a humongous idea we don't want the our story to re- revolve around um, the fact that, that, that people go from plane to plane it's yeah. I mean it, for us it it's really about um, telling a good story first, and then a magic story second. Um, and um, and the fact that this is um, the first time that um, people have ever seen this uh, incredibly, um, uh, you know, loved IP uh, in um, you know timed story video format, whatever you want to call it. Um, it. It also means that we have a lot to to like establish. Um, so uh, we could easily be like like exhausted and um, scared of trying to tell all that story at once. And instead of taking that route, we're looking at like, let's just tell a really concise human character-driven story. Um, and from there, uh, we'll build on it, and episode after episode, hopefully season after season, we'll continue to live in different parts of the magic world, and it will ultimately uh, paint a really massive picture of, of this incredible universe that's been developed by uh, Wizards of the Ghost.
0: Okay.
1: Um, I know you mentioned in the panel about, like, you wanted this, like, it was going to be scary,
0: and I guess, like, mm-hmm. adult themes. Can you kind of, like, elaborate on that? What's sure. Your... <laughs>
1: um, it was really important for us to um, differentiate um, our from um, uh, kids animation and um, because uh, we wanted a sophisticated story that uh, is for adults. So um, also um, because of wanting to like really concrete that, um, when we were looking at our characters and deciding which characters we wanted to use, we decided to go with some pretty scary ones and um because magic is like there is everything in this ip from from the deepest darkest underworlds of zombies and flesh eating to to, to the monsters and and demons um to fairies and 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 beautiful uh uh uh, cathedrals floating in the sky (laughs) you know like a humongous world um but um we figured um by getting really gritty and dark and scary we could um tell um a unique story for animation and also, um, give us, um, one poll, um, to, to start at that we'll eventually go to another poll. So we will, um, also it was, it was kind of a passion thing. Like it, it was very easy for us all to get passionate about like horror <laughs> and like, I, it might be, um, not just my personalities, but, uh, Joe and Anthony's, but, uh, we, um, we had a lot of, um, big ideas about what we wanted to do with the series and, Um, It wasn't until we started distilling them that the things that we kind of were were continuing to hit on over and over again was this idea that that horror can be a really powerful storytelling device to develop character and it's not utilized enough
0: that makes my heart sing because I'm a giant horror fan um, like a big horror fan and that kind of like brings up my next question a lot of the best like a lot of really good horror animation comes from Japan and it starts totally. in like horror manga and stuff like that like are you taking when it comes to like bringing a lot of like I don't want to say tropes but like horror st- storytelling methods like what are some things that you may be utilizing or like um and because i don't want to ask too much but like just kind of like um you can ask all you want yeah yeah i'm trying to craft it um like yeah that may not be a good question i'm just thinking like there's so many ways to use horror to tell a story Mm -hmm. right body horror tells a specific type of story like um possession tells another type of story like what what elements of horror and do you see mesh really well with fantasy mm. in both in storytelling mediums? Because they both have similar, but mm. very different takes on storytelling. Totally. Um, and when I think a lot of people think magic, they think totally a fantasy mm. and they don't know how to bridge that. Like, how do you bridge between fantasy and horror?
1: Yeah. Well,
0: or is it going to be a bridge or lean more one way?
1: like, you know, again, like our characters and our stories are going to feel really real. And they're going to be really lived in, and um, our characters are going to be relatable. So uh, the fantasy elements of it um, come from our setting, and not from necessarily just our characters. It comes from you know the the power that the, a lot of these characters have, but uh, we didn't want to tell like, just like a fantasy story. Um, so um, we definitely have some things that we looked at from Japanese horror that uh, uh, were inspirational to us. Like um, uh, vampire hunter D was like one that was like, <laughs> yeah, if we do like half of that, right, we're going to be in a good place. Um, so, but we also wanted to make sure that our uh, animation style was not going to be recognizable as Japanese. We're not trying to create like an American anime, you know, yeah. we're doing something in look and feel that I think is going to be really original. Um, and that was really important to us. And, um, as, um, as we utilize that look and feel and how we utilize that with horror, um, it's, it's, it's more about loss. Um, in our characters, um, uh, you know, stakes, uh, things that um, uh, are painful and, and are recognizable at being such, and the absence of things more than um, the addition of things. Um, our our dark space uh, in our show is what's going to, I think, give it a really cool, um, scary personality.
0: I'm just like super excited. Like I was excited when I came into this and then hearing you talk, I'm like even more excited.
1: I wish I could show some.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess that's really all I have I guess one of the things that I am I am interested to know is I know um, in, the, in the RTX panel there was a lot of talk of the current state of animation kind of facilitating this uh, more adult more adult content more mm-hmm. adult driven um, but also one of the things that I'm thinking of Netflix as a platform is now bringing in something that is seen traditionally as more niche in magic and making it essentially mainstream by putting it on it on its platform mm-hmm. do you feel some of that pressure of like t- of kind of like having it in your hands and bringing it to to a mainstream audience?
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, we it's really important for us that we give um, fans of Magic something that they're gonna really, really, really like and enjoy. And, and, and it fits within their imaginations of what the lore means for a story to be told with Magic. Um, but at the same time, you know, we have uh, a real need um, uh, to service the IP in making it bigger. and and helping it grow and helping people find it because the card game is really intimidating for people Um, and because it's a I mean it's a very intense strategy (laughs) game and it's not um, just to get into that if you're not you know from friends or family or whatever your path in life was that didn't bring you into a hobby shop and like allowed you to like dork out in those types of scenarios a lot of people didn't have that so um, that the magic is just one of those things that they may have heard of may have seen before and never knew really what it was about Um, but this is an opportunity um with a platform like netflix um with and it, it, a little bit of the challenge of animation is that it's it's not like the not as mainstream as live action would be, but uh, we think that uh, we're not going to let that hold us back. But um, our our main goal with um, utilizing a platform like Netflix is to open it up to allow it um, for anybody that comes and watches our show is going to get something that um, that has gravity, something that's going to get them into magic, make them new fans of magic, and um, and fans of our series and fans of our characters, and want to be on board for not just um, you know. Uh, um, the, the the series that we're producing for Netflix, but you know the next series that comes after that, and potentially you know the sky's the limit if it's going to be feature films or other big things that can be grown out of this. Um, it will hopefully um, bring a lot of people to the table that um, are uh, are not necessarily players of, of magic. Um, it's similar to uh, the people that ne- never read a comic book but are huge fans of, of Marvel because of the movies and all the different ways that they can experience and enjoy the IP. Awesome.
0: Um, so I do I want to ask you. Is there any IP out there that you've, that you personally as a passion project would like oh, to bring God, to animation? So
1: I, 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 in fact,
0: <laughs> I am not going
1: to say any of them because too many of them are, are, are close. Like, within reach. <laughs>
0: um,
1: but uh, I'll just kind of say it in, in the most general terms. I'm a big video game fan. Like I, I grew up playing video games. Some of the best stories uh, and ex- story experiences I've ever had have come from video games. And too many of those stories I feel like have not been um, told right. With um, uh, other uh, mediums like uh, animation, and uh, it would be, um, a, a, it'd be a dream come true to work with some of those IPs uh, in an, an animated storytelling way to expand upon them. Like what I, what it frustrates me often is that this idea that. Um, you have to s- tell the same story over again, yeah. but just in a different medium for me. I say, like, I want to reinforce the story that everybody loves in a new way, in a new story uh, to expand the universe and to, to show different sides of characters that, that might've not been so important to the, the, uh, the stories that are made a particular IP famous. Um, so ancillary supporting content. Um, I think of, um, um, uh, uh the, uh, the matrix, uh, 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 anime series, um, uh, as um, the Animatrix as a a really powerful um, uh, group of content that showed all the different ways that that people were uh, experiencing the matrix and breaking out of it or what was happening behind the scenes and um, outside of just the movies and um, that type of uh, of, uh, expansion to the IP, I thought was just incredible. And I would like to see more stuff like that.
0: Awesome. And as our last question. Um, So our podcast, um, our our website initially started as our podcast and our podcast's main focus is looking at why pop culture matters. Mm -hmm. Um, So we want to know what piece of pop culture matters the most to you and why oh man i know it's a, I know it's a big question it's hard for me to answer a myself a lot of the time
1: culture matters the most to me and why well um my life is going to be highly focused on magic the together <laughs> um, that is definitely um a huge piece uh, that matters a lot to me and um you know i uh, it's hard to pick a specific ip <laughs> for this Um, But I don't know if I can really go wrong with saying magic right now. Um, I think magic would be that it's, it's because of, I can't, Um, (laughs) it's because uh, um, magic shows something really unique that's happening. um, That um, there is a chance for a subculture. uh, When I say sub means smaller culture uh, of people that are huge fans of something um, that over 25 years um, have have grown that fandom and that fandom has gotten to the point that now it's like breaking free and breaking to the surface versus things like Star Wars or whatnot that started there in the yeah. light and continues to be in the light and it has yeah. been for, for decades this is something that grew underneath and it's become so massive that it can no longer be ignored and I think that's what's really really powerful about fandoms that um, it can be really niche and it could be um, something that uh, builds community and friendships and be really big in your life. And, um, there's no telling where it's going to end up and going, uh, end up as it, as it grows.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for talking with us. This is amazing. Thank
1: you both. Yeah. Well, it was a fun, uh, fun conversation. Thanks yeah, for having sure. me.